If you've been coming here for any amount of time, you, you probably know Sundays like these where I get up and I said I had another sermon planned and, and I'd like to tell you that I was, you know, having battle with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit pulled me over and I don't know if like this week I thought, no, I'm, maybe I'm just a sinner. And, and I was a little hesitant to, to dive in where we're at in Acts because it was yet another trial. And I've been preaching on trials for the last several weeks. And I had nine pages of notes. I even had an outline for my message. And Friday I just sat down and stared at a computer for about an hour. Got nothing. And in my personal readings this week, I was struck with some truths over in Psalm 37. So that's where I am going to share from this morning, and it's just been confirmed for me over and over. Yes, Kevin, you're a sinner, but it was the Holy Spirit talking. And and because this is what I have for my introduction, you got to be blind or willfully ignorant to likely not be concerned about our culture. And And I should really get off Facebook, because there's just not a day where I'm looking at a news article or some other post raising the cultural red flags. Whether it be this school district is teaching some horrible indoctrination or those TV shows are trying to normalize what isn't normal and, or, you know, some not so well broadcasted governmental hearing showing you that indeed there was interference by social media into our elections or whatever it is. I think a lot of us can't help that bad guys are winning. Or a lot of us can't help that what's good or what's popular shouldn't be good. <clears throat> it seems that any any time that, that some anything good or anything that shares values with Christian culture is brought out in the public square, it seems ironically it's only brought out there to crucify crucify. And so it's easy to fill down. It's easy to feel the bad guys are winning, our kids are lost even before they get a chance to grow up, the world we know is gone, everything is just blah. It's easy to feel that way. But God spoke to me in my personal readings this past week. It's what I needed. And that, and I shouldn't be on his Facebook as much as I read the Scriptures. And so turn with me to Psalm 37 if you haven't yet. Let's unpack the first 11 verses. I do ask you to stand as well in honor of hearing the Word of God. And let's look at Psalm 37, 1 through 11 together. Do not get upset. Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. For they will wither. Quickly, like the grass, and decay like the green plants. Trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. He will bring out your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not get upset because of one who is successful in his way. Because of the person who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and abandon wrath. Do not get upset. It leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be eliminated. 
but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked person will be no more, and you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Let's pray. Father, as has been said, you are a just God. You're a righteous God. Things that concern us, many of them it's because they concern you. Yet what in the world are you telling us in this psalm? To cease from anger, to not get upset, to don't fret. Help us to unpack these truths and apply them to our hearts. Help us to do as you command us right here, to rest and to trust in you. Holy Spirit, have complete and total say with whatever it is you desire to say today. Give us willing, open, soft ears and hearts and minds. Conform us to the image of Christ. We ask and plead with you about these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This psalm, it's of David, but it shares a lot with David's son Solomon. It's, it's a psalm reminiscent of wisdom literature, which means it's applicable to here and now in everyday living. I see in these 11 verses four kind of items. That's a word I learned from Bible college. Four kind of items to unpack. You'll love them. It's the lot of evildoers, the land of God-trusters, refrain, and then lastly, repeat for good measure. (laughs) That's our trajectory today. First, we have the lot of evildoers. We need to know this, that evildoers, whatever they're doing, however successful they might be, they have a lot, an end, a destination that God has planned for them, a conclusion, an expectation. So David starts with this very jarring, hard command. Do not get upset because of evildoers. That's hard. We're made in God's image. God's a God of justice and wrath. And evil makes us wrathful. Injustice makes us want justice. Get upset, hot, burn, get angry, kindled in wrath. Furthermore, though, do not be envious of wrongdoers. Oftentimes, the the evil wrongdoers are successful in the worldly sense. Not only are they evil, not only are they getting away with it, but they're also living a high life. They can be in, they can be in positions of power or fame or great wealth. Many times they say it's not right for rich people to be rich while they're rich. Right? Don't be envious, says David, a man after God's own heart. And a God whose wrath is kindled by these types of injustices and evil doing and wrongdoing. Why are people not to get upset, not to be envious? For they will wither quickly like the grass and decay like the green plants. Solomon, David's son, writes in Proverbs 24, 19 and 20, Do not get upset because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked, for there will be no future for the evil person. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. They will wither quickly like the grass. 
decay like the green plants. Legends that a wicked world praises will fall under judgment. There is an end a lot for such evildoers. Wither quickly, David writes. It may not feel like quickly if you're living under the problems of the evildoers, but nevertheless, here's the metaphor. In Israel, in, in the mild winters, a symbol of cold and darkness. Nevertheless, in Israel's winters, grass would come up and flourish. But when summer comes, a metaphor of light and heat, the grass is withered by the sun. The sun and the sun. The sun of righteousness. The judgment of the sun, Jesus. Before the judge, Jesus, wrongdoers will wither quickly. Decay. That's the lot of evildoers. One of David's lead musicians, Asaph, he also wrote Psalms. In Psalms uh, 75, 6 through 8 says, For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. For a cup is in the hand of the Lord, and the wine foams, it is well mixed, and he pours out of this. Certainly all the wicked of the earth must drain and drink its dregs. See, it's not from the east or the west. I was just thinking about cultural elites, but that's not biblical. (laughs) But it's not from the east or the west or the desert. In other words, it's not from the people around you. It's not from humanity, period. From cultural or political centers of power, but God's the judge. And in the end, what he says will go. Who, Who is exalted and who is humbled is who God picks. So when you or I see in the news and we say they're evil and they're winning and we get upset, we get envious, we have no need to. Because let's look back at Psalm 37 to see the land of God trusters. That's our next movement in verses 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will do it. He will bring out your righteousness as the light, and your judgments as the noonday. I love this picture, the land. You should too. You're all land people. (laughs) Three many movements I see in these verses. I see invade, enjoy, and inherit. Invade, enjoy, and inherit. Uh, First, I love this idea of invasion. Because I'll just be honest, sometimes, especially in the last few years, I feel like my homeland has been invaded. It's been invaded by people who don't seem to share the values I think of when I think of America. It's been invaded by a strange, anti-God way of thinking. And here's what I feel like the Lord is saying. When evildoers come, and we get upset and envious, our first instinct is to run and hide, right? And in doing so, we surrender. We say, fine, take it. Do what you want, just leave me alone. But I feel like God says here, invade. Know what the an- note what the antidote is. Trust in the Lord and do good. You hear that? Trust the Lord to do what He says He will do. Judge evildoers. And let's pause here because I didn't when I wrote my first draft of this sermon. Can you do that? Can you trust in the Lord here? But they did 
and those demonic idiots and, and that rotten legislation. And the, can you trust in the Lord? God gets your injustice. He feels it more than you do. You're not a martyr. God gets your pain. He, he felt so much pain that he had to die for the sins that upset you, plus the sins you're guilty of. Trust in the Lord. And instead of fret, get upset, worry, badmouth, fight fire with fire, no, instead do good. Do good. Because in a land of evildoers, nobody's doing good. Stop teaching our kids blatant Satanism. That's one thing. But what are you doing? What are you teaching our kids? Are you loving them actively? Stop trying to lure followers away with free stuff while you exploit them for more power. We agree that's evil. What are you doing to the vulnerable? Are you loving them? Are you educating them? Instead of getting them free stuff, are you giving them time, talent, and training so that they can procure stuff for themselves? Do good, says David. Says God. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness, which is more literally feed on His faithfulness. Goes with the land motif. In this land, no matter what evildoers have done or are doing, you are going to find that God's Still faithful. And he's always faithful. Invade. Reminds me of what Todd read, as if I picked it for him. The letter to the exiles. You and I are in exiles. You and I are in exile. The surroundings might not be pagan Babylonians, and you say, no, it, it is. But God says to them, and he spiritually says to us, build houses and live in them. And plant gardens and eat their produce. Seek the prosperity, the peace, the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord in His behalf for in His prosperity will be your prosperity. Just as Christ came, just as the Word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled or took up residence among us, the fallen world, the holy God inside the fallen, muddy world. So we too are still being that incarnation and invading into the muck and the mire of our world. We are to invade and invade well and build houses and plant gardens and love neighbors and do good and cultivate faithfulness. Furthermore, in this land of evildoers and wrongdoings, we have the audacity, the shocking reality to enjoy Enjoy God. David writes, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Here's what we need to learn. If this world, as dark and scary as it is, is always leaving you on edge, and if there's always a general panic, and if that's an oxymoron, a general panic, a new normal of constant uneasiness, the threat of war. If you're one of the, these people, and if you say, if you're not acknowledging this evil, you're living under a rock, kid. No, I'm striving rather to live under the joy of the Lord. Let me say this clearly and emphatically. God wants you to enjoy Him. Take note of every word of that sentence and their meaning. God wants you to enjoy Him. It's not a sin to have a party for Jesus in a sinful world. 
It's not unkind to be happy, on fire, lit up for God, enjoying His pleasures to the fullest when sin happens in the world. God wants you to enjoy Him. Delight yourself. Make merry over. When you trust Him, when you actually trust that He's got this dark world figured out, you're going to find your life in Him and you're not going to be rejuvenated by worldly enjoyments. From a Christian worldview, understanding sin, the fall, rebellion, and unrighteousness, we can be quick to say, this world's bad. This world's dark. The bad guys are winning and we better take note of it. But David is saying, even so, delight yourself in the Lord. When the world is bad, remember that God made a good world. When the world is dark, remember that He is the light in a dark world. When the world, when the bad guys are winning, remember that God will win in the end. Make sense? Delight, make merry over the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this is not a genie in a bottle promise. It's the explanation of what a refocus does. Because if you enjoy God, and if He's the treasure of your heart, if, if, if He is where your joy comes from, and by joy, I don't mean passively, oh yeah, take joy in the Lord, He's great. Okay, back to worrying over the world. But if you really take joy in the fact that He's sovereign over this world, that He excels at redemption, that He has saved you, and He's literally right now at work, ready to turn the tables on evildoers, working to save more, if that brings you joy, He will give you the desires of your heart. Because the sovereign will reign supreme. Redemption is coming. You will be saved. He will not let injustice go without punishment. He will save others. The desires of your heart will come true. Amen? Enjoy the Lord. And inherit what our Father brings us. The land of God-trusters is where we invade. It's where we enjoy God. And now we inherit... Look again with me in verses 5 and 6. It says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. He will bring out your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Now, as I told you earlier, this is actually going to be repeated in the repeat for good measure section. But it's really this reality that happens that for those who commit your way to the Lord, who trust in Him, will eventually inherit the land. This is what's happening in verse 6. The NRSV would actually says, He will make your vindication shine like the light. See, in this world of evil doers, maybe there are observers, we might say, or fence writers, bystanders who don't know evildoers and wrongdoers are trying to take over the world, but they also suspect and wonder about the righteous God-trusters. God saying not only will evildoers fade and wither, but the righteous inheritors will be vindicated. The judgment of those who do evil will be made plain as the noonday sun, bright. The world will be inherited by the obvious faithful. We're already in the land. We're supposed to be invading. We're supposed to be enjoying God and doing what's right and good already. And we will be the last ones standing. Now, before we move on, we might ask, how does this look? 
You say it, it sounds nice, but I'm going to go home and read news because that's spiritually helpful. (laughs) Enjoy God. And it's not living under a rock, but it's living under the joy of the Lord. How does this look? It looks like Jesus. The Gospel accounts. He lived under the thumb of Roman oppression. He lived in a conquered nation. I'm reminded in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus sent out the 72 on their mission, and we read, now the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Like, how do you come out of that situation feeling joy? It reminds me, if you were here last week, Christy and I had some visitors, Dan and Beth Banham, and Dan told me that within the last few months, he actually dealt with literal demonic spiritual warfare at his church. And Dan's, Dan's like me. He didn't grow up around that stuff. For me, I'm like demon possession. I, I defer to team. That's Dean's department. <laughs> but, but, but Dan was dealing with a young girl, grade school age. Obvious signs were there. Whole guttural, growly voice, jerks and violence and blasphemy. And Dan prayed over her and he said he seemed to find some victory. The Lord did. But in the presence of demonic warfare, under Roman oppression, in the conquered nation of Israel, the 72 returned with joy. A few verses later, we're told that Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit, as if that's one of the fruits of the Spirit or something. Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. I forgot a song. (laughs) Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. The land of God-trusters is one of invading. It's our land. It's our inheritance. It's not theirs. We have squatting rights. We'll move in, clean up the filth, and pretend like it's ours until we know it is. The land of God-trusters is one of enjoying God. It's one of inheriting. Next, David writes of refraining. He's going to refrain the themes we just talked about, but they're going to be couched in terms of resting, and restraining anger. This is going to hurt too if you spend all your time worrying about what you see on the news and talking about it with your friends of how great of an idea it is to put fences around groups of people that you classify as evil and then bomb them to the world. And you're like, you were present for that conversation? No, but the Holy Spirit was, and you're the reason I had to write a different sermon, so thanks. But, verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not get upset because of one who is successful in his way, because of the person who carries out wicked schemes. It's like the Holy Spirit has a pulse on evil people in the world. And it should be helpful to know, as has already been stated, that just like Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, right? These sorts of people have always existed. And I love what David, what the Holy Spirit says, Rest in the Lord. Some of you need to hear that. Rest. It's okay to rest in God. It's okay to enjoy Him. Rest in the Lord. Wait on Him. But there's a lot of evil going on, and wait on Him. Do you read the Bible in the morning and in the evening? I can guarantee you a hundred dollars. I'll even gamble from the pulpit. I bet you hundreds of dollars that if you're reading or watching news in the morning or in the evening, 
your quality of life will go up and your anxiety will go down if you replace the news, which is about 30% trustworthy wherever you get it, with the Word of God, which is 100% trustworthy. Instead of feeding your mind with fear, you will feed your soul with satisfaction. David is saying, if you rest in the Lord, wait for Him, you will not get upset at successful evil people because their lot is here today and gone tomorrow. Come tomorrow, you, Christian, will still be here in a lot better position than they in all ways. So then, we can restrain from anger. And I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. Cease from anger and abandon wrath. Do not get upset because, are you ready for this? It leads only to evil doing. Now, this is the justice-loving, injustice-hating, sin-hating, evil-loathing God telling you to leave His job to Him. He's got this. Because here's what happens. And living in Woodland, I'll just say it. Here's what happens. Oh, pastor, the world's evil. Look at all these websites and all this junk that's happening and a war's coming. And a, Are you prepped and ready? And look at that evil cabal. They're taking over the world. Okay, so what? Like literally, what can you or I do about that? Well, do you have a verse, Pastor? Tell me you have a verse. Yeah, cease from anger. Abandon wrath. Do not get upset. Because you'll become them. I have a secret for you. A lot of the people that you think are the evil scheming, world domineering, evil pushers are deceived into thinking that they're saving the world from evil scheming, world domineering, evil pushers. The point is, is we don't need to exercise their strategies to save the world. Because it leads only to evil doing. Well, what do we do then? In case you haven't been listening. Which David apparently thinks you haven't been. Sometimes conviction does that. He repeats himself for good measure at the end here. Verses 9. For evildoers will be eliminated, right? I know you forgot, but David said that already. And so that kind of makes all the worrying, anxiousness, anxiety, pointless and stupid, right? Now what is David saying? I mean, we might be saying, well, that servant of Satan is still on the TV. He's not eliminated yet. I know, but he will be. Or she will be. And instead, instead of giving power to the people whose days are numbered, just do good. David said that too. Do good. Help the victims. Invade. Enjoy. Inherit. But those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. But the interim is so hard and the evildoers are taking over the world and the wicked people are everywhere. Everywhere, Verse 10, yet a little while and the wicked person will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. Sounds like David just said that. Maybe you needed to hear it again. Verse 11, but the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. I think David just said that also, but apparently you needed to hear it again. Right? Here's what I'm seeing in this passage. I can't forecast the future. The news would love for you to believe it's doomsday here on out. The cultural cogs have turned and they set us on a path of no return. It's getting worse and worse. If you have the scary left behind in the world of end of the world theology, that plays right into that. I think there's another way to interpret those passages. That's a different sermon. 
But here's what I think. Christ came into a dark world. He invaded. He enjoyed God, and those around Him rejoiced when the bridegroom was with Him. And through His death, burial, resurrection, and kingdom that's in the midst of, and is over all other kingdoms, Christ is inheriting the world. And that's what you're a part of. So you and I, despite the cultural swing and shift of Christianity and then post-Christianity, you know, you and I are not part of a dying breed. We actually own the place. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to build shelters and hide, but build houses and live in them. Pray for the prosperity, the welfare of those around us, because two types of folks occupy this planet, those that love King Jesus and are working on His behalf, and those who are evildoers and wrongdoers. And we've been told and told and told that they're not going to be here someday. Their days are numbered. Kevin, that's pretty cold-hearted. You want them to die? Of course not. It's a joy when evildoers are saved and rescued and joined the kingdom. That's not my point. But for the unrepentant, well, David goes on to say in the immediate verses, the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him for he sees that his day is coming. You and I can live joyfully in spite of successful sinners. Amen? Let's pray. Father, You made us in Your image. We have a heart that hates injustice. We have a heart that looks upon evildoers and sees what they're doing to our world and our kids. And it's easy to forget what Paul tells us, that our fight is not against flesh and blood. Father, help us, release us to know it's okay to enjoy You. To know it's okay that You're going to handle everything. Help us to do our part, to live in the land and do good. It's a hopeless world out there, and instead of dwelling on the hopeless part, help us to bring hope. It's a chaotic world out there, and instead of dwelling on the chaos, help us to bring the peace that You offer. It's a sinful world out there, but help us to bring the message of forgiveness and repentance and the joy that it is to live in Your kingdom. Thank you that your kingdom is brought when Jesus brought it, that it's in the midst of us. Thank you that after nations come and go, your nation continues on. Thank you that we're citizens and in your nation. Father, we love you and we thank you. And we ask that this message would do a work of grace in our hearts. Help us to enjoy you and enjoy you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.